Hey everyone, welcome to Everyone Talking. This is the Freedom Church Podcast where we exist to reach people to know God. We have a very special podcast planned for you today. Before we do, I want to take a minute and introduce everyone. My name is Adam. I'm the young adult pastor and online campus pastor here at Freedom Church, also a Sith in training. Oh man, I didn't I didn't have time to think about my fun title today. Uh, my name is Kirsten and I am Oh, here's a good one. So, side trail. Last night we were playing. We were waiting for the kids to come out for small group, and my group had finished, and then Valen's group had finished. And for those of you who don't know Valen, he's another person around my age. He was like Kirsten, one v one me on volleyball, and so we started <laughs> playing. And we were we both kept like hitting it out and having to run to grab the ball, and he kept saying, "We're too young to be this old." because we were like super out of breath. So we only played to 10 points. I did end up winning. So all that to say- At the end of the day, so that's I all that am, really matters. To, at the end of the day, my name is Kirsten and I am too young to be this old. Hallelujah. Wow. <laughs> a, I feel like that's a country song. That is a Garth song. I feel like yeah. it's definitely a country song. There's an expletive, but uh, it is a Garth song. Oh, dang it. Yeah. Garth getting rained out the other day. Oh, it was, it was awesome. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Uh, my name is Dania, and I am the worship director here and a huge Bible nerd. Uh, I'm Wes. I'm the Next Steps director, and um, I like turtles. Aww. <laughs> Aww. I like what turtles. a wholesome thing to say. Have you not seen well, that video? Don't you call your little boy a turtle? Yeah. Uh, he does a thing like when he was sitting when he was a baby, he would just kind of like run his tongue in and out. Kind of looks like what a turtle would do yeah. after it ate something that it really enjoyed. So I call him turtle, and he's a turtle. Have now. you guys not seen that video of the little boy in an interview? That, that's what okay, it was from. Good. Have you not seen that? I haven't, but I love the turtle thing. Like, it's so funny. I had the same connection with Noah when he was really little. That's when Finding Nemo was, you know, obviously he loved Finding Nemo, and and Crush's little boy Squirt, um, had the big eyes, and it was just just reminded me. So I called him Turtle. Well, Valerie also called her little boy Turtle, my wife. And so after we got married, we were both calling our kids turtle. We're like, how cool is that? So, so yeah, which really turtle comes running is really the... <laughs> yeah. Right. It's calling your kid the same name. That's uh, funny. I love it. I love That's it. That's cute, though. So we have a special topic we're discussing today, and I actually want to uh, pass pass this one over. Um, Kirsten's going to take point for us on this topic. This is topical today because if, if uh, as we've recently learned, if Olympians, if the people in, in peak physical condition of the human race... Uh, can can be toppled by mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can the rest of us. Oh, and so we want to cover the topic of mental health and talk about that from a practical, biblical standpoint. Yeah. And our, uh, our amazing Kirsten is going to take point on this and, and lead us through this. Yeah, so I have a very personal journey with mental health. Um, I've struggled for a very, very long time with um, anxiety and depression and... Um, thank God that I have kind of gone through that season and I feel like I'm on the other side of it, but I'm also aware that that could be my thorn in my side. So I just figured like, this is a great topic to talk about. Um, And so I wanted to kind of frame it in where I'm asking everyone else questions about their thoughts on mental health, because I know what I think about it. (laughs) And I know like I've done the research and I've lived it. And so I just kind of wanted to um, maybe ask questions and flesh out kind of like misconceptions mm-hmm. or uh, uh, questions that you would have for somebody who does struggle mm-hmm. with mental health 
Um, so my first question is, how do you define a healthy mindset? Oh, man. <laughs> I think that um, when I think about being healthy, um, when I, healthy in my thoughts and healthy in my mind, um, I feel like my, one, that my inner critic is not condemning, mm. only constructive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that I'm not dwelling on everything that's negative all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and that I'm able to, because Joe, just like you would exercise a physical muscle, mm -hmm. that I'm able to, when, when, when triggers hit me or when adverse circumstances hit, I am able to mentally sort through reality mm -hmm. and perception and emotion and truth. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's um, good. It doesn't mean that everything's great in my mm -hmm. mind all the time. It just, for, for me, a healthy mindset is I can approach this situation walking in an understanding of the truth. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. What about that's you guys? a good definition. I like the idea of um, where I would put the healthy mindset is sti still maintaining the ability within your own thoughts to step away from your thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's good. And to look at them from just a, a very, you know, matter-of-fact way. Mm -hmm. You're still going to feel the emotions. You're feel, still going to feel the stresses. Yeah. But if you're in a place where those things aren't consuming you and you can actually step back and look at them mm -hmm. for what they really are, yeah. I feel like you're going to be in a place where you can sort of... Uh, approach them and attack them and address them yeah. in, in a very methodical manner. And I think that's that's something that makes us human, mm -hmm. is the ability to think about what we're thinking about, mm -hmm. to be aware of what's happening in our thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's that self-awareness. I think for me, like a, a healthy mindset would be one capable of, of unshakable focus. And what I mean when I say that is like the healthy mindset to me is not someone who never feels crisis or faces mm -hmm. crisis. Like when, when Christ was in Gethsemane, he was absolutely in a season of crisis, yeah. mm -hmm. but his focus was never shaken. Yeah. Right. You know, so he was determined to understand the truth behind the crisis mm -hmm. that like, look, this is something I must walk through and will ultimately see the other side of. And, and I think a healthy mindset understands that and remains focused in like, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Mm -hmm. It's not all, you know, happy experiences, you know, especially for the life of a believer. As, as soon as we have a friend in Jesus, we have an enemy mm -hmm. that never rests, yeah. never stops, you know, a, a, like a roaring lion consuming whom mm -hmm. he may mm -hmm. devour. Mm -hmm. And I think if we main, are main, able to maintain a mindset of focus, because I don't just believe like scripture is, you know, spiritually really great. It, scripture is intensely practical mm -hmm. um, and is concerned with our mental health, mm -hmm. is concerned with our physical health, yeah. mm -hmm. um, along with our emotional health. So I feel like yeah. all of that needs mm -hmm. to be a, a part of it, but it comes to focus. Yeah. For and me. I do say, I would say one more thing about being a Christian, because when you said that, I was like, oh, hang on, there's the, I think one more step as a Christian, mm -hmm. having a healthy mindset is allowing the spirit of Christ to help us think. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because when we become a believer, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would live inside of us, which means we don't have to do this all on our own. Mm -hmm. That's the good. focus, we're talking about the truth, the awareness. We have the best friend. Yeah. I love, I love that you said that. We have yeah, the best is. friend who can help us do all of that. That's yeah. good. We I would say. Go ahead. Oh, no. Was, we can't be so loud in our own minds that we can't hear the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's, that's really good. good. Let's that, put that on a t shirt. Really yeah. good. <laughs> that's, that's really good. That's really good. I am. Um, something that I feel like the Lord kind of impressed upon me whenever I was going through my journey of, okay, I need to really heal from this was. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I say this, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I was looking around me and not up. 
That's cool. And so I really had to work on like being yeah. kingdom focused. Like yeah. everything on earth, like literally doesn't matter if you're not doing it for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And having mm-hmm. that like strict mindset with myself where like it literally does not matter if it doesn't pertain to the cross. That's good. It just mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And so that like strict mindset, it sounds harsh, but like I needed that tough love yeah. on myself to yeah. be like, if it doesn't save a soul, if it doesn't honor Christ, then why am I spending time mm-hmm. over it? Mm-hmm. Like, call. why am I ruminating? Mm-hmm. Why am I dwelling? Why am I sitting in the pit of my own despair whenever, like, literally there are people going to hell and yeah. I could be doing something about it. Mm-hmm. And so that, like, conviction and that, mm-hmm. like, fire, it led me to a place of, like, I need to get my crap together yeah. and, like, <laughs> and, like get my that. life. Like, what you just said, Kirsten, about, like, in Romans 8, and it's funny because I sent you this verse last night. It was just like the random verse of the day yesterday on uh, version, But it says um, that for to set, in Romans 8, verse 6, to set the mind on the flesh, which is the temporary, the, mm-hmm. the, the non-spiritual world, um, our selfishness, to set the mind on the flesh is death. Yeah. It's going to end. But to set the mind on the spirit the spirit of God, the purposes of God, the kingdom of God is life and peace. Mm-hmm. That, that chaos yes. in yeah. our mind, like when we set our mind on the spirit, that's the only way we find the peace. I love the direct clarity of mm-hmm. Romans. Like yeah. it's just what a <laughs> what a gift the book of Romans is to us and, and chapter eight in particular. And I love this. And you guys introduced me to this. Uh, being so involved with Celebrate Recovery, like mm-hmm. both of you are, the idea of moving from victory, not toward victory, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, and and having been a part of, you know, and involved with like the 12 steps, 12 step programs in the past, like that's a very, like, it, again, it's, it's faithful and it's effective. And, but the idea of moving from a place of victory, like yeah. the victory has been won. You have that friend, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you are engaging with the truth right. instead of with the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So good, good stuff. So adversely, what do you, uh, so I, uh, adversely, what do you define as an unhealthy mindset? And once you guys kind of give your answers, I did research a couple years ago um, about negative thought patterns. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to share those with you guys just to kind of get that out there to see if you guys like yeah. identify with any of these negative thought patterns. Listen, um, I would love just I would love if you just throw one out there and let's just do like a rapid fire what we think about it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like So if, do you want me to tell you what it is and then yeah. you like like I'll give you the yeah. name and then mm-hmm. you kinda of guess what it is and I'll tell you the definition of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first one is all or nothing all or nothing thinking. Oh I I struggle with that. Yeah. Like it, I struggle with it in the sense of my mindset goes, okay, na- naturally my mindset goes, well, it's absolute, mm. yeah. unchangeable, it has to be all this way, or it can't be at all. I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything right. about it. I have trouble finding a middle. Mm. Well, only a Sith works in absolutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and so as a Sith apprentice, I, I, I feel that it's my <laughs> obligation. No. Um, but yeah, I do, I do feel myself like leaning that way a lot. You know, I, I, I you know, have a paramilitary background you know in being a part of the fire department and you know it's a very cut and dry you know binary either you did what you're supposed to do and got the job done or the job didn't get done and you take ownership over it and accept fault and failure and all Mm -hmm. this other stuff you know so it is very much absolute Mm -hmm. either you know you did it or you didn't so I 
purging that mm-hmm. is kind of difficult yeah. in that it's so deeply ingrained. Yeah. Um, I think I there are that. some instances where, like, okay, yeah, there are some lines that are right and wrong mm-hmm. yeah. kind of mm-hmm. thing, but not everything is that dramatic, I feel yeah. like. I don't know. Is that, like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I don't want to teach poorly. But. Right. No. Well, th- that's, that, that's definitely a thing. But what gets me in that, like, it's, it's all or nothing it's uh, where I caught myself often was getting into the all or nothing, but nothing wasn't an option. Mm. Yeah. And so now I'm, despite health, physical health, family health, uh, any other relations I'm doing, the thing has to get done. Yeah. Yeah. And that was an environment that I was in and, you know, under the guise of being cool when it was, it was just the Mm. thing had to be done at every cost. The definition, and I forgot that I did this, but I have a scripture that like is opposite of the definition that I I added to it. So the definition of all or nothing, why can I say that? All or nothing thinking. Praise God. You see things in black or white categories. If a situation falls short of perfect, you see it as a total failure. Adversely, yeah. the verse the verse that the Lord gave Everyone me for that. Everyone feels yeah. conviction uh, right now. We're the, like, the I, can't, ver- I can't do this. No. <laughs> the verse that the Lord gave me is um, Colossians three twenty three. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord, not for people. Mm. So yeah. establishing a mindset of servitude for the Lord, like you just negate the the need for perfection because like only what Christ did is perfect. Yeah. Group therapy Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So okay, the next one is overgeneralization. I, I overgeneralization. Will, yeah, I wear the crown on this one. Like I feel, I, I feel very much like I will overgeneralize because I try to psychoanalyze everything. Right when I yeah. when I approach a situation, I try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to have the market cornered on understanding whatever this thing is. So I'll overgeneralize the situation that I'm walking into with archetypes that are already familiar to me or circumstances that I've already experienced. So I'm gonna be like, oh, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. So I can feel safe. So I can feel like I'm in familiar territory Mm -hmm. so I can maintain some degree of control Mm. Um, and so like that that's deeply convicting for me I'd love to know the definition that you came up with you see a single negative event such as a romantic rejection or career reversal as a never ending pattern of defeat by using words such as always or never when you think about it Mm. I'm beginning to think you know I came into this like I've never had to struggle with mental health but apparently (laughs) the verse verse that I kind of coupled that with was Romans 12 2 Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Mm-hmm. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. So basically, I kind of pulled from the romantic rejection thing. Like, in this, I've talked about this several times before, but it is like culturally expected to get married and have kids. And every time that a relationship didn't work out, I got the, like, mindset of I will never be in a relationship. Like, I will never have uh, someone to care for me. And so that, and that came from the mindset of the world. Like, the world expected me to get married and have kids and do all the things. But that was a a worldly mindset, not a kingdom mindset. And so that's... um, I think yeah. that through my experiences, I've almost bucked against that a little bit. Mm. Of like, if if I live that way, it always works this way, or it never works this way, yeah. I'm going to go insane. Yeah. <laughs> so the next two are a little similar. This one is called Mental Filter. 
mental filter. So we're trying to define that before we get the actual definition? Yeah, but this one's a little hard because it doesn't give you any context. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You pick a single negative detail and dwell on it exclusively so that your vision of all reality becomes darkened, like the drop of ink that discolors a beaker of water. Uh, mm. Both poetic and hor <laughs> horrifying. Like, okay, mm. thinking about it that way. I mean, that makes sense. You mm -hmm. you, you mm -hmm. attach to the negative yeah. and you discard the positive. Mm -hmm. um, so I was I was raised by a hopeless optimist mm. um, to in fact myself be hopelessly optimistic, mm -hmm. um, and in my own defense I consider it realism because <laughs> you know if you don't if you don't see it happening it's not going to happen mm -hmm. right if you if you don't you know faith the size of a grain of mustard seed will move a mountain mm -hmm. and everyone else is like dude that's a big mountain and you know that's kind of the, the cool part about the way I was raised is, yeah, it was under a rock and it was deeply sheltered, but that was pretty easy to adhere to. So, you know, I, I've come across people that would have sort of that same kind of mentality where I'm like, oh, you know how you try to like sandwich bad information with good information mm -hmm. to sort of like mm -hmm. love or deliver info mm -hmm. well. So it'd be like, oh, good thing, good thing, good thing, little bit of bad thing, or like little constructive criticism, yeah. or like, you know, little, you know, apprehension towards something, and then, oh, doting, encouragement, whatever. Yeah. And like all the encouragement might as well, it's mm -hmm. bubkiss, yeah. right? It might as well have been nothing. So let me drop this in here. Yeah. Example. Your phone buzzes, you look at the text message, and it says, can we talk? Oh, oh I hate it. I hate it. <sighs> Always be the person of, it's nothing bad. If, yeah, <laughs> right. and why, that's the thing. Is why it, you gotta drop that? Yeah. What, a, what an innocent question. Mm -hmm. But because of our mental filters yeah. and experiences that we've had mm. with those conflicts mm -hmm. or hard conversations, we assume every time somebody asks to talk, mm -hmm. it's a bad thing. Or, uh, Hey, we need to meet. Like if an authority figure is yeah. like, hey, can we have a meeting? And it's like, um, I guess. <laughs> can can Maybe, I have an itinerary? Uh, <laughs> what about what? <laughs> because we're we're those filters of our traumatic experiences. What I think that it, I don't want to throw around the word trauma, mm -hmm. but I would say that we've had experiences that have marked us. Because mm -hmm. because some people have been through traumatic, very traumatic experiences. Right, yeah. um, but we've all been through challenging harm harmful experiences mm -hmm. where we have we have readjusted our mental pathways yeah to protect ourselves yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. would it be fair to say this is like fueled or possibly even fed by insecurities oh yeah oh yeah definitely yeah mm -hmm. I, would, I would say so yeah um mm -hmm. i think this is like a perfect definition of what depression is like because i remember when i was really struggling with it it didn't matter how much i was complimented or mm -hmm. how well someone like told me I did something, if their tone was off, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would think they were lying. Mm -hmm. oh, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah, like, it's the nuance. It didn't a, matter yeah. how many good things happened, I could I could find the one bad mm -hmm. thing. Because it's easier mm -hmm. to accept that one bad mm -hmm. thing and make it your fault mm -hmm. and accept that like, oh, I'm a horrible person because they didn't like this and just live in that than it is to be like, Oh, people care about me like right. I'm gonna mm -hmm. accept this love and accept this like care and so mm -hmm. that's like a huge it, part of, of dealing with that hopelessness yeah it, yeah. it makes me think um, one of my recent in one of my recent counseling sessions I was talking about that filter that inner critic mm -hmm. of like every time every single time I do something I leave it and I think what should I have done mm -hmm. 
why didn't this go exactly yeah. right? What could I have done better? Why wasn't I good enough? And there's this like inner critic in my head. And um, I thought, okay, so I recently watched the Disney movie that came out uh, called Luca. Okay. Silencio Bruno. Right? Very cute. <laughs> but wrong. I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. The way to get rid of the condemning voices in your head is not to tell them to shut up. The more that we box things in mm. inside of our brain, it is actually scientific like research that shows the more the harder we try not to think about something, the more ingrained it gets in our brain. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. yeah. The only way, and my counselor was telling me, the only way is to process it. Mm -hmm. And she said, because she's a Christian, and she said, and filter it through the gospel. Mm -hmm. So you actually have to bring up those questions, bring up those insecurities, right. and put them through the filter of the cross. Yeah, and that's something that's I wrote down here was, um, I talked about how growing up in church, whenever you would say something was wrong, the response would be, oh, but count your blessings, or people have it worse mm -hmm. than you. And I think that while those things are true and put in practice can be useful, it's also incredibly damaging because you're like not addressing mm -hmm. what's actually hurting you because like you're immediately told, oh, well, you have better things in life, so this doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Like that's the message that was received mm -hmm. to me whenever I was like, oh, I'm really struggling with this. Be like, oh, there's kids in Africa who are starving. And you're like, yes, but like, and I understand yes. that they're feeling this pain, but I'm also feeling this pain. Mm -hmm. And you're making me feel like it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And so that's whenever it comes mm -hmm. to this, like, especially in like church culture is you're not allowed to struggle. Yeah. If yeah. you struggle, you're a bad Christian. And so you're having to press it down. And I think that's why a lot of Christians mm -hmm. secretly deal with depression. Right. Because they, they, they don't be feel secret. like they're yeah. allowed to have mm -hmm. struggles. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I was looking this up, because someone told me this, and I wasn't sure if it was true, but apparently it is. Um, on Psychology Today, I don't know, that's the internet, the internet never lies. So, <laughs> right. um, you can't put it on the internet if it's not true. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so it says this. Sarcasm. Uh, physical pain usually leaves few echoes, right? The Unless the circumstance of the injury was like just like really severe. severe. Yeah. You usually, you get a cut mm -hmm. or scrape or bruise and it goes away yeah. mm -hmm. and then you work it says emotional pain leaves numerous reminders mm -hmm. associations and triggers that reactivate our pain when we encounter them mm -hmm. and i think that's why mental health is so tricky mm -hmm. is because you can remember something mm -hmm. constantly yeah right. and the emotions don't go away like physical pain goes away you can remember oh yeah i had a really bad sunburn that mm -hmm. time that was awful i feel none of it right now yeah right. but if you say i had a, a really terrible experience with a toxic relationship mm -hmm. you remember that forever yeah and my, my counselor do you know that verse and i've heard this verse used maybe in a negative way before in hebrews where it says um i'm sorry it's not in Hebrews. Adam, you may want to fact check me on this. Uh, it's in one of Paul's letters, though. I think it's in the Corinthians, actually, uh, that we take every thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ. It's Colossians, I Or it's believe. Colossians. Wow. I said I was a Bible nerd today, too. I'm like, where is that verse? Okay, but it says we take Straight every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And a lot of times people, when I would be kind of in a negative thought pattern, they'd be like, hey, you need to take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Like, oh, I lied, I lied. Second Corinthians, Corinthians 10.5. Okay, cool. Second Corinthians 10.5. Um, I knew it was on this <laughs> document. Sorry. But, but the issue... Okay, great. But the, the issue is... The issue is here. Go with me for a minute. The issue here is... When you tell someone, take your thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, and they're like, how do I, okay, mm -hmm. how? She said, 
It's the, in the process. You have to identify your mm-hmm. thoughts. You have to understand where they're coming from and to take them captive, to gather them up and bring them to Jesus so he can heal, so he can reveal the truth to you. It's not, I'm going to beat this into the ground and make it submissive. It's, yeah. I'm going to bring these thoughts to Jesus mm-hmm. because he cares about us. He cares about what we think about. He cares about who yeah. we are and what we're anxious about. He's not standing over us going, man, you better beat that into submission. Mm-hmm. He's like, let me give you victory over this. Yeah. And it's a process. Mm-hmm. It's a process. Yeah. So the next one is discounting the positive. I struggle mm. with this one super bad. Discounting the positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. So you, you can't take compliments. I mean people when people try to tell you that you've done something really, really well. Well not not like you can't, but also well, but yeah. yeah, I can't. <laughs> like not picking anyone out, Kirsten. Yeah. But uh, it yeah. says you reject positive experiences by insisting they don't count. If you do a good job, you may tell yourself it wasn't good enough or that anyone could have done that just as well. Mm. Discounting the positive takes the joy out of life and makes you feel inadequate and unrewarded. I struggle with that. Like anytime I make a video I'm like, I mean, anybody could have done that. Like, anybody could have done that. I could have made it better. Anyone else, like, literally anyone else could have made it better. Whenever I get complimented, I'm immediately, like, I deflect. Because I'm like, no, I don't. Don't be nice to me. Do you think that we do that because we're we're afraid to help because we've been disappointed or made to feel so insecure? Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to say. Because I remember at many points in my life where I would pour my heart and soul into something and just expect it to be a grand slam, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I finally release it into the world or set it in front of someone to like a a general meh, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of response. And that hurts, like that really hurts. Mm -hmm. And you think to protect yourself from that in the future, okay, well I'll just, I, I will just like, step aside when compliments come my way in the name of humility of course as right. our lord and savior intended mm-hmm. you know like that that sort of mentality but like it's it's really pride like we're mm-hmm. self-protecting mm-hmm. instead of allowing god to be like hey i want you to hear this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i want you to receive this and we're like no 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 i, I know better than you lord you know right. like that that kind of thing you know i dealt with this um as someone who has been on stage most of my life mm-hmm. um, i went through a season where um i if someone complimented me when I came off, because I held myself to such a high standard of perfection, um, I would either say, thanks, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. If it was good, it wasn't me. You know, mm-hmm. it was Jesus. Or I would just ignore it or kind of brush it off, right? Well, I read a book, and the guy said, he hates it. He, he just pointed out. He hates it when he compliments people, and they're like, thanks, it was Jesus. And he goes, oh, well, then he was a little flat on the second verse. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Because, so it's Holy like we're smokes. trying so hard to seem so spiritual and mm-hmm. humble sometimes about it. And he said, how do you feel when you compliment someone and they deflect it back at you? Mm. Like, hey, you did really great today. Ah, well, you know, I don't really think so. And you're like, I was trying so hard to encourage you. Yeah. And so I was reading through that and I was like, you know, it actually, a way that I could love people I know this is a little much, but this is me. The way that I could love people better would be to accept their compliment. Yeah. Even if I cringe Mm -hmm. inside, if someone says something to me like, um, hey, uh, that that was really great. That really blessed me today. Um, I respond with, thank you. That really encourages me. Yeah. That's like my go-to phrase that's, now. That's a good response. I, I think it's it's so easy for us, like when we receive anything, mm-hmm. you know, be it a compliment or a gift, 
you know, I think it's easy because I've experienced this a lot of times where someone wants to give me a gift and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, really, I couldn't. They're like, don't you rob me of this blessing. Yeah. It's like their response, like, like let me receive the blessing of, of mm-hmm. blessing you. And, you know, that's easy to communicate in a physical sense when it's a thing, right? Yeah. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. But when it's a compliment, I don't think we go to that same place mentally, emotionally. And maybe we should mm-hmm. in that moment where it's like, hey, someone wants to bless you with a gift of encouragement, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and if we reject it, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of a slap in the face, not just to the person who's wanting to serve God and right. be obedient mm-hmm. in their calling, mm-hmm. But, I mean, if I may be so bold as to say, like, to God, who called that person to encourage you? Right. Yeah. Because you know? then they, they get to leave the conversation not going, well, that person's super spiritual, you know, with the whole, it's not me, it's God. Sure. And they don't walk away going, they're really pessimistic. Like, yeah. that was rough. <laughs> Can I? They walk away going, hey, I was able to help somebody. I encouraged them or, you know, something like that. I want to be this, like, vulnerable and, like, do it. flip this a little bit. Because um, growing up, I... My household, was, uh, my household was rough. And my um, there's a family member that I don't really get along with super well. And so it taught, as a little kid, I didn't ask for much. Like, I didn't want to be a problem mm-hmm. in my house. And so I made myself small. I didn't ask for much. And when I did get asked, when I did ask for things that I, like, needed, the response would be like, oh, well, whatever the princess wants. Yikes. And so compliments turned into insults mm-hmm. and I think that's why I have such a hard time with words of affirmation that's mm-hmm. like my lowest love language because they were used against me right. and yeah, so like hurt a lot. I also think we have to be and sorry like I just changed the mood completely in the room no, but good. like I think we also need to be aware of like I genuinely feel like sometimes I'm getting made fun of like if, if I'm getting complimented for asking something even though it's a huge deal for me like asking for things is hard because the immediate re- immediate response would be like being demeaned by mm-hmm. being called princess or like things like that and so that just like it grates on my nerves and so whenever I get complimented it's immediately thought with like do they mean that or are they like mm-hmm. wow. being mm-hmm. demeaning so I think one of the things that makes me think of first is that like are we allowing, and this is for me too, because like I'll be in a conversation or something, like even earlier you said like a catchphrase mm-hmm. that somebody who was I was in a really toxic relationship with used to say, and mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> so triggered, hang on. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there. it's like we've gathered so much evidence for that negative mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. How do we allow ourselves now, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the protection, freedom, peace of Christ yeah. to start gathering evidence I, I know, love the way you security. put that. Like we've we've made ourselves such investigators of the sin that other people have tried to curse us with in mm-hmm. our lives mm-hmm. that now, you know, our responsibility is to investigate the love of Christ mm-hmm. and to make that our priority, our highest truth. Yeah. Cuz when we when we engage our memory over the truth of of God's word, right. We're effectively saying like this is, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. Well, the grass is greener where you water it. This is where I've watered. This mm-hmm. is where I I plant my seed is in this place of doubt, in this place mm-hmm. of shame, in this place of, hey, compliments have been weaponized against me for so long mm-hmm. that that every time I receive one, the shield goes up because right. I'm bracing for impact. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Like yeah. that's, I, I, I mean, my heart breaks for that, Kirsten. Mm-hmm. I think we've all experienced it to some degree, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I personally, not to a degree that it's like, it's become a part of, of mm-hmm. the character mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. like, holy smokes. And now we have this opportunity 
to counteract that in the lives of those that we serve mm -hmm. by making our compliments sincere right. you know by making our hearts follow through with the words that we say mm -hmm. and make them feel like the image bearers of God that they are yeah and I think that's I, I do try and be sincere whenever I am like trying to build someone else up with my words trying mm -hmm. to be like I try and compliment their character mm -hmm. and like things I see in them that that can only be uh, like fruit from Christ and so I'm really careful about, like, because I know what my reaction is, mm -hmm. I don't know what other people's reactions are going to be. And so I want to be, like, um, aware and, and compliment people's, like, personalities and their character mm -hmm. and sure. not, and not like, the things that are going to go away in passing. Um, and so we can keep talking, but I'm going to do a break here. We're going to continue this in the next episode. Um, so... Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll pick up with the rest of the um, negative thought patterns in the next episode. See you then. Thank you for listening to Everyone Talking, a Freedom Church podcast. If you enjoy our content, we drop brand new episodes every Thursday, and you can follow us on almost any social media platform by looking for Freedom Church TN. That's Freedom Church TN, all one word. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Everyone Talking.